Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's Magic. Of course, the reason that all the children in our town like Mrs. Piggle Wiggle is because Mrs. Piggle Wiggle likes them. Mrs. Piggle Wiggle likes children. She enjoys talking to them, and best of all, they do not irritate her. When Molly O'Toole was looking at the colored pictures in Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's big dictionary, and just happened to be eating a candy cane at the same time, and drooled candy cane juice on the colored pictures of gems, and then forgot and shut the book so all the pages stuck together, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle didn't say, such a careless little girl can never ever look at the colored pictures in my big dictionary again. Nor did she say, you must never look at books when you are eating. She said, let's see, I think we, we can steam those pages apart and then we can wipe the stickiness off with a little soap and water like this. Now see, it's just as good as new. There's nothing as cozy as a piece of candy in a book. Don't look so embarrassed, Molly. I almost drool every time I look at those gems. Which is your favorite? I think mine is the lapis lazuli. When Dickie Williams, who was showing off for Patsy by riding in his wagon with his eyes shut, crashed through Mrs. Pigglewiggle's basement window and landed in the coal bin, Mrs. Pigglewiggle laughed so much she had to sit down on the front steps and wipe her eyes with her apron. Dickie was awfully scared and was going to sneak out the basement door and go home. But Mrs. Pigglewiggle, still laughing, leaned through the broken window and said, Hand me the putty knife and that can of putty off the shelf, and then go get me that pane of glass leaning against the wall over there by the furnace. Thank you very much. Now watch carefully, Dickie, because putting in window glass is something that every boy should know how to do, especially boys who ride their wagons with their eyes closed. When Marilyn Matson, who was helping Mrs. Picklewiggle serve tea, dropped and broke her brown teapot, she said, Well, that's the luckiest thing I've ever known. You didn't get a drop of hot tea on you, and you broke that nasty teapot with the leaky spout that I've hated for 15 years. Tomorrow I'll go to town and buy a new one. I think I'll get pink, and I'm going to test the spout before I buy it. But what about the tea, said Marilyn, wiping her tears on her sleeve. Make it in the coffee pot, said Mrs. Pigglewiggle, and we'll call it toffee. And another nice thing about Mrs. Pigglewiggle, when a child makes her a present, no matter how splotchy or crooked it might be, she uses it and keeps it where everyone can see it. Johnny Wilfred made her a vase out of a meat sauce bottle with such a little neck that only flowers with stems like hairs would fit in it. Not only that, but he painted it a sort of bilious green, and the paint was too thick and ran down the sides in warty lumps. But Mrs. Pigglewiggle loves Johnny, and she loves the warty vase because Johnny made it for her. And she keeps it on the windowsill above the sink with at least one flower, gasping for breath, jammed through its little neck. Every time Johnny comes into her kitchen, he points proudly to the vase and says, Do you see that pretty vase over there on the windowsill? Well, I made it for Mrs. Pigglewiggle, didn't I, Mrs. Pigglewiggle? When Susan Gray came staggering over with a plate of the first cookie she had ever made for Mrs. Pigglewiggle, Mrs. Pigglewiggle didn't take one look at the tannish gray lumps and say, No, thank you. She said, Why, Susan Gray, you smart girl, eight years old and already making cookies. You are going to make somebody a very fine friend one day. Yep. Somebody with good teeth, said Hubert Prentice, who had taken one of the gray lumps and had found that trying to eat it was like biting on a stone. Mrs. Pigglewiggle took the cookies away from him and said, Oh, Hubert, these are special cookies. You dip them in hot tea and then take a bite. 
She hurried to the kitchen and made some tea, and then she and Molly and Hubert and Susan sat at the kitchen table and drank tea and gnawed at the stony cookies, which, in addition to being hard as rocks, tasted like glue because Susan had put in gravy coloring instead of vanilla. When Molly and Hubert made gagging motions to each other, Mrs. Pigglewiggle slipped them some ginger cookies under the table, and Susan was so proud that she didn't even notice. Julie Ward knitted Mrs. Pigglewiggle a scarf that was about 10 yards long and 2 inches wide. And when Mrs. Pigglewiggle opened the box, she didn't say, My, Julie, you must have had a giraffe in mind when you made this scarf. Instead, she said, You know, Julie, this is much too pretty to wear as a scarf and keep tucked inside my coat. I'm going to wear it as a sash. She took the long, dirty blue, wormy-looking scarf and wrapped it around her waist and looped the ends over it and it did look nice from a distance. Julie was so proud. She said, you know, Mrs. Picklewiggle, when I was making that scarf, I just thought to myself, now I'll make this longer, and then Mrs. Picklewiggle can wear it as a belt too. Of course she really hadn't. What actually happened was that she had knitted on the scarf every afternoon when she listened to the radio, and she just forgot to stop. Another wonderful trait of Mrs. Picklewiggle's is the interested way she listens to dreams. Now every child in the world loves to tell what he dreams, and if the dream doesn't seem to be quite long enough or interesting enough, sometimes some children work in old movies they might have seen, or stories their daddy might have read to them the night before. Dream telling is an innocent pastime and very good for the imagination, but unfortunately, dream telling usually occurs at breakfast time, a time when daddies and mothers are slightly irritable and always in a hurry and in no mood for long, drawn-out stories of, and then I was riding this elephant, and two folks came up and tried to shoot me, but then, uh, uh, er, uh, I, I turned into a walnut and dropped on the ground, and, um, uh, well, then, uh, about this time, mothers say, just let the dream go and finish your cereal. Or brother or sister will say, oh, you're just making that up. And anyway, it's my turn. Now I dreamed. Mrs. Pigglewiggle not only listens to dreams, she asks about them. Right after school, when the children come over to dig for treasure in her backyard, Mr. Pigger Pigglewiggle was a pirate, and when he died, he buried his treasure in his backyard. Or to have tea, or to play dolls, she'll say, Anybody have any good dreams last night? And they'll be off. Once Molly O'Toole dreamed she was a raisin and was eaten by a rat. Johnny Green dreamed that he was a pirate and lived in a whale. Hubert Prentice dreamed that he was an icicle and could freeze anyone he touched. Susan Gray dreamed that her dolls all came alive. Larry Gray dreamed he was a cowboy and had a white horse. Mary Lou Robertson dreamed that her covers were frosting and woke up with her mouth full of blanket. Kitty Wheeling dreamed that she was a movie star and had a real fur coat. Patsy said that she dreamed that she was an electric toaster, and everybody said that she was making it up, and Patsy cried. And Mrs. Pigglewiggle said she would help Patsy with her dreams. Some of the children's dreams are so long and dull and full of um, er, uh, huh, that Mrs. Pigglewiggle finishes the, them off for them and says, that was the way it wasn't, was, wasn't it, Bobby? Much to their evident relief. 
So you can see that loving children the way she does, Mrs. Pigglewiggle just naturally understands them, even when they are being difficult, which is, of course, why all their mothers in our town call Mrs. Pigglewiggle whenever they are having trouble with their children. Mrs. Pigglewiggle always knows what to do. And then, of course, she has a big cupboard full, full of magic powders and pills and appliances to help cure children's bad habits.